0: thunderbolt strength
1: welcome to the thunderbolt strength podcast where we hear about the lives of strong people this is bryant hankins and i have my co-host molly
2: what's up bryant
1: and kevin what's up bryant today we're with emmett richards crossfitter coach teacher and nerd about coffee welcome to the show emmett all right, guys, thanks for having me. Thanks uh, for that being here. That was a here. very cool intro, very professional. Oh, you know, this is like our 10th, what are we on? 11th. This is 11th. 11th podcast, so, so we're we, yeah. super polished now. Uh, you don't awesome. want to go back to number one. I don't even remember what I said back then. Yeah. But uh, we're, we've been working on that. We even have an outro. You have to wait to the end to hear that part, but uh, we're getting there, slowly but surely. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into CrossFit? Um, we know you're a Tri Cities CrossFit coach. Um, mm-hmm, what's mm-hmm. a little bit about your
0: fitness journeys to to get to where you are today? Uh, I try to keep this short. Um, I actually started CrossFit in Milwaukee at probably one of the first, like maybe like ten CrossFit gyms ever to open up. Uh, that was ran by Ryan Atkins. So that's like when CrossFit was like old school. You know, you go in. You know, you do your hard workout, and then you would get out of there. So yeah. not like it is today. Well, so was what that like? Year? Was that like '08? Uh, late '08, early 09. Oh wow, so it was early. Yeah. So I only started that because I wanted to get better at jujitsu. Okay. So, um, but it was my first foray into fitness. Yeah. In general, like never really ran, never lifted weights before I started CrossFit. Um, I was super sore at the time. I can only go like two days a week. I was like, I was just, it was just really like intense for me so but I slowly worked my way to that and then I started coaching at CrossFit Roselle a few years later that's uh in Illinois like next to Schaumburg did that for a few years and I did a little bit at Rise CrossFit Rise in Schaumburg and then uh after that ended up at CrossFit Tri-Cities um where I uh help out there so so there coach classes personal training and um I do our nutrition program got it and it 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 feels like, from what we've seen about you on Facebook
1: and other places, you love to dig into like some of the hot button topics around fitness or CrossFit and kind of like speak your truth about them. Is that fair to say?
0: Uh, yeah, um, I've always sort of had that uh, had that point of view for stuff. Um, even when I was like back in college, uh, you know, I had to do a kind of like a mock research paper. So and I think I did mine on like uh, like healing people without touching them. Uh-huh. So I've always had the, so I've always had the like uh, skeptic sort of yeah. uh, skew towards things, like scientific method sort of thing. Like show me the research or yeah, uh, but I try not to let that get too far. Yeah, uh, because you know you got to stop that at some point. So do you believe in the therapeutic touch? Uh, touch. Uh, touch can have some therapeutic effects, but the, the no touch stuff, not so much. <laughs> so you're you no talking way. about
2: like a religious type of, uh,
0: uh, no, this was just purely, uh, in terms of like a uh, feel good or massage type thing. Um, you know, that uh, someone would just like, uh, hold their hands over you without touching you and kind of like, uh, energy and stuff like that.
3: Oh, oh energy got healing.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, that's kind of what my, my paper was about. So. Nice. You still do jujitsu? Um, I just started back up actually. We have a jiu-jitsu gym at the uh, CrossFit Tri Cities. Nice. So um cool. there was no excuses for me not to show up when, <laughs> when, it's, when, right the, when it's, it's right there? When it's right there in front of me. So uh I just had to start back up again. I was, you know, I, I just couldn't keep away at that point. Awesome.
2: What's the what's the big draw with jujitsu?
0: Um it's human chess. Um there's no there's no punching involved, but there's a lot of little details in it um mm-hmm. if you're a bigger guy you can get submitted by a smaller guy if you don't if he's doing the right things especially if you don't if the bigger guy doesn't know what he's doing so that's the kind of the appeal uh, of it too so
1: isn't there this whole thing from like a self-defense to like people say a lot of fights end up on the ground and jiu is kind of getting you good at working on the ground and that kind of thing
0: uh yes that's for sure so it started out as a self-defense sort of uh sort of deal um, because most people probably just don't know how to punch or anything like that, so it just goes to the ground. So if that happens, then you're pretty good to go. Just don't do that if you're facing like five people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad in groups. Yeah, not in groups. Do just do not in groups. You got just one on one. Just one. Yeah, just one on one. You're
4: probably good to go. <laughs> Would you agree that a black belt Molly size could go against someone untrained my size and submit me every time? uh well
0: I, I, mean, I, I, I believe that i mean i don't know every time but she's probably got a a, a lot better chance uh if she like if, she, if she's had some jujitsu training for sure 100 percent. there's there's
4: few martial arts where the belt really really means something like there's a lot of mcdojos out there where you can get a belt of a certain rank in their system but it's kind of bullshit but i mean if you go to a good jujitsu school and you have any rank there
0: like you've definitely got some skill? Yeah, definitely got to work for it. So, I'm w- I'm a white belt at the moment. So, I'm just kind of just starting over, so.
2: How do the belts go in jiu-jitsu? Uh,
0: it's like it's pretty traditional. So, you got uh white, blue, brown, black. A, uh purple, brown, and then black. Oh, I forgot purple. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Hmm.
2: So, you had mentioned before we started that you're getting into a more uh hypertrophy focus in your training right now, is that right?
0: Uh, yes, uh, a little bit more bodybuilding focus since I've been doing CrossFit uh, for a long time. Um, you know, I even tried a competitive program a couple of years ago. Um, you gonna do a show? Uh, maybe we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, uh, that's not in the cards yet, but it's just kind of just fun, different training for right yeah. now. That's kind of the way that I look at it. So, um, I've never actually owned a membership at like a big box gym. So I've never actually worked out in one of those places. And I still don't have one. I'm, so I'm doing all of my bodybuilding training out of a CrossFit gym at the moment. So, that I takes don't. some creativity. Do you have those cable machines that goes on the rig? I do. Uh, I, I, so all my cable work is uh, done with a spud ink uh, cable uh, pulley. So I just use that for all my cable work. Perfect. So whether the shoulders, arms, triceps, biceps, cable stuff, that's what I use. Uh, and I just rigged up a – because I don't have a Smith machine, so I just did reverse band squats. Okay. to mimic that. So, um I got uh there's a couple of pieces that I had to get like a hack squat uh machine that we had to that we had to get in there. So, um I did that for like the first time about a few weeks ago. <laughs> so, you've never so, done a hack squat before? Uh no, not till like a few weeks ago. Um so I'm just learning a lot of a lot of new things like hamstring isolation sure. I didn't do until a couple of weeks ago really. So,
1: and have you changed your focus when lifting, too? So, like, you know, the typical CrossFit is more performance and bodybuilding is more aesthetics. So are you, like, trying to make sure everything's even and, you know, are you going down that fully down the bodybuilding road?
0: Um, it's still performance-based, believe it or not, right? Okay. So you still have to be smart about it. It's not just going to failure all the time. Uh, it's picking the right times when to go to failure. It's still having sets and reps and stuff like that. And I yeah. um, I use RPEs just like you wouldn't running. Mm-hmm. So just to make sure you have a couple of reps left in the tank uh, after each set. So then that way you can get the most out of your training. So I'm not like, I'm not too beat up for the most part, unless I do something like really new.
1: Are you interspersing uh, CrossFit in as well or is it completely bodybuilding then?
0: Um I do a couple of CrossFit workouts a week, okay. So, but I keep them typically pretty short. Yeah. So I don't want it to mess with my, uh, with my muscle growth or recovery.
2: So. so, you might have done our hundred burpees for time workout today.
0: <laughs> um, I did. I had, I had chest yesterday, so uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: for for that's the only reason, right? Just because you did chest yesterday. Yes, yeah. that's the only reason okay. for sure. <laughs> Just check it.
4: You went really fast today, huh?
2: Yeah, well, one hundred burpees for time. That's that's, that's like, my jam. That's your sweet spot. Yeah.
4: But every minute you had to run a down and back hundred feet.
2: 100, 100 feet, something 100 feet, like
4: that. Yeah, I did it in
0: five fifty nine. One hundred with the with the one hundred uh, yeah okay with
4: the inconvenience
1: yeah
0: yeah drag on my a little bit thanks
4: yeah.
1: have you uh, that's not
0: bad being that tall too right yeah. yeah with the switch to bodybuilding have you changed your diet uh actually not really it just depends on how much work I'm doing okay so um it's the the same principles still apply right so sure. get enough protein in uh, adjusting my carbs depending on um, how much work I do. And that's, you know, the the same principles still apply.
1: Now, diet in general or what do you follow? Are you more of a macros guy? Are you a, I mean, there's a million
0: different options, right? So I'm guessing
2: he's tried all million of all of the options.
0: Uh, Actually, I have not. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I tried macros for the first time, maybe about a year and a half ago, but it took me about a year to sort of dive into it because I don't, uh, I'm pretty slow about jumping onto stuff. So I like weight wait, wait to see if it has some efficacy or not, Yeah, right? Um, before I do any of that stuff. But um, it kind of depends on where I am in my diet. Like if I'm cutting, then I'm definitely looking at macros a little bit more. If I'm maintaining, then not so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if I'm, hopefully within the next few weeks, I'll be able to mass, then um, probably not so much again. But I won't go too crazy. But generally, I got two different versions of it. Either I'm looking at macros or I'm just using portion sizes. Okay. So uh, I kind of have it set out. I kind of know what it looks like, and I'm okay with that if I'm maintaining because I'm either most people are 10 to 15 percent above or below their their calories anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with that if I maintain. It's not that big of a deal.
1: Yeah. Where are you on like uh the philosophy of like calories in, calories out versus like how important macros are and that kind
0: of thing? Um. Cal- well, first you have to say that calories in, calories out is a thing. You can't get away from that at all. Uh, In terms of where you want to put it, kind of depends on kind of um, how you want to look in a sense. Um, But calorie balance is king and it matters more than anything else.
1: It's like the fundamental.
0: Yes, the fundamental thing. So, you know, I can eat a bunch of Twinkies and still lose weight. Yeah. Uh, Will I feel good doing that? No. (laughs) Will I look good doing that? No. But that still remains. That's just like the basic uh, level of things. But in terms of body composition, I like having a lot of protein. Uh, especially, especially if you're lifting, um, like I said, carbs toggles depending you say on how a much lot of work,
1: Protein just to define it, would you do you do it like based on body weight kind of thing? Like, uh, I don't know, a gram, d- per yeah, gram per, yeah, per yeah. pound. Yeah, gram per pound. Yeah, I mean
0: that a gram or one point one grams per pound of body weight. Okay, is typically where I am. Typically where I sit. Yeah, I mean for your everyday person, they probably, probably don't like most people just struggle to get that much protein. Sure.
1: So are you doing S- that with uh, like? Lean meats or protein shakes, or how are
0: you getting there? Um, both. Mostly lean meats for sure. Um, it's just easier to get in. Yeah. Um, but definitely protein shakes for sure, two of those a day. It just, it's just a lot easier just to get it in. So yeah. nothing's really special about the protein shakes. Um, for me, it's just a way not to feel too full.
1: Yeah. What about what do you see people doing wrong with their diet most often? Or is it jumping on the latest fad or
0: uh number one not eating enough protein okay. <laughs> so uh especially the especially the, the ladies for sure yeah um guys too in a certain sense like if you weigh a certain amount getting enough protein is pretty hard so uh, so that's number one um fat diet is 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 part of it um because there's a bunch of different diets out there, as we all know, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can go low-carb, high-carb, medium-carb, high-protein, low-protein. So there's a bunch of different ways to do it. Uh, but I find where people struggle the most is just um, trying to find out what works for them, right? Because um, you can just tell them anything. Um, if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. Yeah. But the education part has to come with that, too, because they have to know how the body works. So then that way they won't get discouraged if things go wrong. Yeah. So.
1: So when you say figuring out what works for them, are you one of like, you know, there's different types of diets and different diets work for different people because people have different body types and different metabolism. So the reason I'm kind of asking where I'm leading with that is we'll 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 talk about keto here sometimes. And, you know, some okay. people will say, hey, I do keto and it's great for me. I feel awesome. And other people will say, oh, I do it and it was terrible. And so, you know, is it one of those like just different things for different people Rather than a one-size-fits-all or kind of where do you fall in that hole? Um, I'm probably
0: a diet agnostic. Okay. So what I mean by that is that I do what works. I I do – I kind of look – I have people look at it in a sense from what can you stick to. Yeah. Uh, Essentially for a long period of time. Then we start there. Like is it going to fit your lifestyle, right? Um, Then you have to go with that. And then after that, we kind of sort of figure out what is going to work for somebody. Uh, that's kind of what I base it off of. Yeah. So uh, you know, if you want to do you know vegetarian, vegan, or keto, or paleo, or high carb, low fat, doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. Uh, because of course you know calories matter more than anything else, but uh, also uh, these diets come with certain caveats, right? So uh, if you're on one side, you're probably gonna have some deficiencies at some you know at some point. Depending on the way that you decide to eat, so they should be uh, cognizant of that. But that's pretty much it. So, like, I don't really care how you decide to do it.
1: Diet agnostic. I like that. Yeah, sounds so. like the name of an album. <laughs>
2: that that reminded me of your statement about why you believe in God.
1: Why is that? Oh,
2: because <laughs> <laughs> bacon. <laughs> because of bacon. That's why he believes in God. That's what he
4: said. Yeah. 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 It's in the Old Testament somewhere. Yep, I'm sure uh, it's in
0: there. Bacon and brownies. That's for us, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not together, though. Uh, you coconut oil guy? Um, Yeah, I use it. It's just a part of my many fats that I use. <laughs> so I thought uh, that was
4: supposed to be controversial.
0: Uh, right now it is because you get these crazy headlines about how everything is killing you. But, you know, um, uh, from what I've read, uh, typically the recommendation is like, saturated fats in general are are supposed to be on the lower end of your fat intake mm-hmm. um where you know like you know your stuff like olive oil uh other polyunsaturated fats and monounsaturated fats are supposed to make up the bulk of it uh but either way or whatever i just use a bunch of different uh bunch of different fats so uh, i have like lard at home uh by epic epic brands they make the uh the grass-fed The grass-fed stuff, like lard or tallow, that stuff tastes amazing on food, (laughs) especially on vegetables. How do you eat
2: that? Oh, you cook it Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, So they come solid. So at room temperature, they come solid. So if you cook it down, it cooks just like olive oil. I mean, sorry, not like like olive oil, but coconut oil. Same consistency. It just has a really good taste.
2: Wow, you're giving Kevin ideas over there. Yeah. Yeah. Like lard. Mmm.
0: Mm-hmm. it is Give funny
1: how much the uh oils and fats add to the taste like i mean it's just it's a huge thing and i think it's one of the reasons that things like the keto diet work because it's like you get all the good fats back that that people love and really help for the taste
4: well, it's very rewarding like from an evolutionary perspective too yeah i can imagine There's coconut oil on my beard it is if you ever let that go don't forget
0: yeah, I won't be letting. It, I, I get too many grays in my beard, believe it or not. So I probably won't be letting it go. I and mean, I can't wait soon. for the
4: day when I have a gray beard. beard. Then I'm gonna start really? giving out advice to yeah, everybody. I get that
1: too. I get the gray grays in the beard, not in the hair yet, but the beard. That's the right. best scenario. Is or, it? Why don't you use that? I should. I yes. d- I'm a little worried if I let my beard go, how well it would connect all together. But we'll see.
4: Someday.
2: We'll have to try that out.
0: Yeah, we'll try it.
1: Someday. It's like it's like putting a cover on your couch, though. Like you got to save that baby face.
4: Like don't shave until <laughs> you're like sixty, and then it'll be fresh. <laughs> yes, if you.
0: Yes, yeah, so if you get a if you get a gray beard, you can automatically uh cut yourself a philosopher's Yeah, just oh, anything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. gives you some gravitas. Yeah, you can put yourself on your own beard. book cover and
2: especially if you have glasses, I think. Like you need glasses, Kevin, yeah. and I think you'd be You'd be you'd look as wise as Emmett does.
0: Yes. You take it back to the eighteen (laughs) hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. You need the glasses.
2: I wanted to take it back to the controversial like headlines that go out. I know one of the reasons it drives me crazy is because I feel like it makes people afraid of food. Like it's like, hey, you should never eat white rice oh, wait a second, you should never eat brown rice. And it's the same thing with like the coconut oil. It's like, oh, it's going to save you. No, it's going to kill you. And right. it's like food is just food. And people get almost like afraid of eating food. And we need to eat. We should be eating good foods. And
0: uh, Yes, uh, we should be eating good foods. Um, I, you know, I just think it's easier for our minds to sort of wrap our, to wrap around ideas a little bit easier if it's just, oh, it's just this one thing, right? So when you want to answer to a question, right, you want that one answer, right? Um, Because it's just easier for you to understand. And, you know, diets work the same way, nutrition, strength training, right? Like give me that, you know, strength training, give me that program that's going to up my squat, right? And the first thing that people go to is the small off program. And there's some nuances to that. You know, it can crush you, <laughs> never one. Have you ever done small-off? Uh, I have not um, because I am not on drugs. You do, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've never done small-off. Oh, okay.
2: I know a few people that tried it and never didn't finish the program. Yeah. So you think PEDs are required to finish the program?
0: I want to say it's required, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: so those of you who don't know, sure. what does what small-off consist of?
0: Uh, if I like, if I remember correctly, it's just I think you squat like a uh, a million times a week, and yeah, it's, it's like and it's, it's pretty heavy much every day,
2: every day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. Uh,
0: so it's hard to recover from, especially with those kind of intensities and the frequency and stuff like that. So, um, I typically don't prescribe it, but some people like it. They want to do it. I just don't think it's uh, smart for a lot of people to do it. Um, if you do, you should probably make some adjustments to your one rep max percentages. Like mm-hmm. go with like 80% of your one red max and yeah. uh, that'll probably help you out a little bit. Kind of like the five through one. I was going to say like the
2: Wendler, do the 90% of yeah. the 90% yeah. Yeah. of the, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Uh, like five through one. <coughs> uh, yeah, especially, you know, to get some strength plus volume in. Yeah. You know, especially when you do the one plus. Um, there's nothing wrong with that program at all so it's a, it's a it's a good base program especially if you're new to strength training that and the uh, the format for the uh, starting strength like the 3x5 five by by five. Five. starting yeah. strength 5x5 yeah. five five, right Uh, something like that. Yeah, they. I I know they be strong lifts, strong lifts, strong lifts. I think I think
2: starting strength starts three by five, and as you become an advanced lifter, you go to five by five. I think. Yeah. Could be wrong.
0: So that's not a that's not a that's not a bad base for strength either. So.
4: I like Wendler for CrossFit because it's it's not a ton of volume and you can get it done pretty quick. Like a five by five to get a class through a heavy five by five takes like forty minutes.
2: Yeah, if it's if it's supposed to be for advanced lifters and you need like four. Four, let's just say four minutes of rest between each set plus the whole warm-up the build-up
1: yeah. yeah it's,
2: it's a like whole hour
0: yeah i, I totally agree it's, it's definitely tough to do the strength stuff especially when you got a heavy lifter in your class well a lot of heavy lifters in your class it's like you know three four minute rest between those. so uh, yeah to uh for that recovery for sure so yeah yeah definitely tough
2: so have you done what's your favorite strength program that you personally have done
0: um ooh, I I haven't done a lot. Um although I, like sometimes I do have workout ADD Um <laughs> But uh in terms of like the my favorite one I've done is uh Juggernaut training, the uh juggernaut Strength two Okay. So uh they do it it introduced me to block periodization. Okay. So they have waves. So you do a hypertrophy block of tens or eights. And then you go all the way basically down to uh like singles. It's like sixteen weeks. Okay. So you build so you build a base what they call phase potentiation. So essentially you're building bigger muscles to get stronger later. So you do bench, squat, uh, deadlift, and I think there's some strict pressure in there. So four weeks of tens, take a break, four weeks of eights, take a break, and I think there's either sixes or fours. And then uh, you just build into a strength phase. So at the beginning, it's a lot of volume. Um, you know, did a lot of bench press. CrossFit typically don't do a lot of bench pressing. So mm-hmm. that kind of introduced me. That's good. We do a, do a lot of bench lot. press too. Uh, but yeah, at first, I wasn't introduced to a lot of bench press. So I got introduced to doing a lot of that. So that was really my first foray to any sort of hypertrophy sort of stuff. So, um, and honestly, I wasn't even thinking about it at that time. I was just trying to get stronger, being a 140 yeah. pound man. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I like the sound of that because I know I love the three by five for beginners in terms of, I mean, you can keep going up for a while when you have true beginners. However, people get bored with it because you're just adding weight and doing the same lifts for forever. Well, not forever, but for a long time.
0: Uh, yeah, so uh, definitely, like, in our fitness culture now, everybody wants to do something different all the time. So, you know, that's, like, the big tagline, do something different. And I think that's what is p- appealing about CrossFit. You know, you got the 10 fitness domains. You can just smash them up and however you want, right? So, like, if you do a 400-meter run and, like, 50 wall balls, that's going to be different if you do a 400-meter run and, like, five clean jerks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can you can take one modality and just add on to it, you know, infinitely in a sense, right? So that's very appealing for a lot of people I and mean, you don't really you know as the old saying goes you don't necessarily get better you just get fitter or something yeah. like that i think the way it goes mm-hmm. i can't remember Sounds like a good saying. Yeah. yeah so um you know you just get fitter so that means things get harder right yeah. so yeah. your friend time goes from eight minutes to four minutes to two minutes uh if you're just some freakish person you know it'd be under two minutes but essentially it gets harder because you go faster yeah. or you add more load or whatever so
2: so I'm curious what you think um, the things that a lot of CrossFitters are missing in their training, like holes um, in the way that we train, maybe movements that we sh- that CrossFitters should be doing more, or what are some typical missing pieces for CrossFitters?
0: That's really hard to say because every CrossFit gym programs <laughs> differently. Very true. Uh, man, so it's really hard to say, uh, give a real blanket statement on that. If the only thing I would have to Critique is uh, more horizontal pushing and mm-hmm. horizontal pulling, right? So we do a lot of pull-ups. We do a lot of pressing. Uh, we do a lot of um, uh, a lot of back work in, in general, like with deadlifts and cleans, snatches. Pretty much the same movement in a sense, right? Right. Uh, you know, maybe some like more rows, some like accessory work, uh, stuff like that. Probably, right? I think
2: a lot of gyms don't do accessory work. I know some do and yeah. they do it well, but yeah. across the board. It- Seems to be missing.
0: Yeah, so that's some um, the, the major two things: some some horizontal pushing and some accessory work, probably. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm going to add to that. I think maybe lateral movement. We do a lot of, um, you know, forward and backward movement. Not a lot of. Side you know, to side. side. Change of direction. Change, change of
0: change direction. direction. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's important too, because uh, then you get the sports performance out in that too. So yeah, mm-hmm. I've
4: always thought we need more uh, tempo stuff because there's really no eccentric in CrossFit because everything it's like, you're going to drop your weight to save the energy. Everything is a concentric mm-hmm. phase. We don't really get the eccentric phase really ever.
0: Uh, yeah, we did tempo stuff for a while when we were doing like the paloquin, like, t- uh, time under tension type stuff. Um, See, the time with the uh the tempo stuff works because it makes especially a beginner it makes them aware of their body position mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so especially like if you're not an athletic person you can kind of get a sense about where you're doing and kind of where you are so i totally i'm totally on yeah. point with that you just can't let it get too far you're like you can't go around doing like a 10 second like squat oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> tempo, tempo squats are brutal so yeah, yeah um um uh, it's, it's good for hypertrophy and strength building um and like you know building muscles too and it helps you aware to be aware of your of, of your body awareness for sure so i did it when i was rehabbed from my dislocated ankle which i which was done because i did my own rehab what <laughs> so yeah um tell us that story
2: well,
1: how'd the dislocation happen first
0: um the dislocation happened a coworker invited me out to a football game i don't play football uh, it was on an Easter Sunday. I was like, "Oh, cool!" You know, I go out there and it was tackle. I, I I don't know why I would do such a thing. Um, so we did that, and then some guy landed on me, dislocated my ankle, heard a big snap. Uh. So long story short, now I have about a plate uh, next to my malleolus uh, on the outside of my ankle and seven screws. Wow. So they had to put screws in it to set it. Then I had to have a second surgery to take the screw out. Yeah. So um, I walked in pain for about a year. Wow. So. Uh, and then
1: what was it like kind of ramping back up to squatting and, and all that fun stuff? Uh,
0: it was terrible. So um, if you think about uh, like a quarter squat, right, uh, I could only squat a quarter, like about a quarter of the way down before I felt excruciating pain. Oh, wow. Um, and then eventually I just kept trying, I kept trying, I kept trying, and then I got lower and lower. And then um, eventually my ankle allowed me to not squat with as much pain, but it took about a year or so. So if I sat down for too long, I got up, I Um uh, Every step I took, it was very painful. Um, so basically what my uh, rehab looked like, I don't, you guys are probably familiar with the mobility wide, I really mm-hmm. yeah. start stuff. So I wrapped it. So I took the voodoo wrap Uh, And I wrapped it like three times a day, so for like a couple minutes or whatever, just to kind of get the blood flow in there, kind of get the healing process going. And I moved it around. I did all those normal exercises that they tell you to do, Uh, and I did a lot of dorsiflexion stuff to try to get that range of motion back. But but when you tear all your ligaments and your tendons, that's pretty difficult. So. So, do you still have limited mobility today, or is it? I do. Okay. So, uh, last x ray I took was a few years ago, and he said I'd, I have arthritis in my ankle now. So, okay. it's just kind of stuck. Yeah. So,
4: can we see your dorsiflexion and then guess which one? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Um, ah. Ooh. Yeah. So that it, guy right there. Those Tommy Pickles socks, by the way?
0: Yes, they are. It was a, <laughs> it was a gift. Yes. It was <laughs> a <laughs> gift from a <my> client. <laughs> nice. Yeah. nice. So, it is the right one? It is the right one. Yeah. So, but with, without load, it's kind of hard to see but with, like if I like put weight on it, it's a uh, noticeable difference for yeah. sure.
4: Can you do a pistol?
0: Not on my right one. I yeah. would not not, not I c- I could force it but it's not worth it. Yeah. Right. So.
2: Risk of injury. Yeah. yeah.
1: So do you so you end up kind of modifying, I guess slightly depending on like obviously if there's pistols or
0: Yeah, actually I just I just um i don't really just i don't do pistols anymore i like yeah. i um if i do i probably do a shrimp squat or just a lunge or a Bulgarian yeah. or split squat so we we've talked about
2: that a few times that um as you get older so i'm 43 the oldest of this group here i believe um there are certain things that you learn about yourself that you don't ever need to do because yeah. of your own personal risk of injury um, correct everybody is different um and for you as an athlete there are certain things that maybe you should never do. Just, you know, like for you, a pistol just wouldn't make sense based on your ankle, so. Uh,
0: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm totally in agreement with that. Um, This gets a little bit harder to sort of monitor in a group setting Uh, because, you know, everybody wants to do the the next coolest thing, but. um, Or check the RX box. Yeah, right, right. So checking the ego, you know, it's like. You can tell someone to check their ego, but they have to check their own ego. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably the toughest part. How um, do you
2: handle that as a coach? Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, give it. Give us some tactics. Oh uh, yeah. man, uh, it depends on the personality of the athlete that you're working with, right? So some people are just very like they want to be coached. Then some people are just kind of blockheaded and they're like, "No, I got this. Uh, no, I can do this weight." Um, so you try to, you know, you, you sort of have to. Um, attack those people just a little bit differently, right? Um, those people who want to be coached still listen to everything that you have to say. Okay, coach, got it. I'll take the weight down. Cool. Uh, the people, not so much. Um, what you have to do is really explain to them why. Right. So you just have to give a slightly more uh, advanced explanation or just give them an example of, hey, you know, uh, jo- you know, Joey did this uh, three years ago and he broke his back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, you know, it'd be like the Mike Tyson meme, you know, yeah. hey, right. why did you call in to work? Uh, I broke my back. <laughs> so, um, you know, something like that might get through to them. I don't know. Um, but you just have to. It just depends on the athlete. Kinda yeah. How yeah. You, you kind of get through them. So
2: sometimes some humor some appeal to, I, I have a mothering hat I put on that works with some people, I'm not other worried people. about you. Um, there's a running joke in our gym that certain people will do certain things when I'm not here. Not that I'm oh, naming yeah. any names. They're like, if Molly's <laughs> not here, it's okay to do it because they know.
4: Just like tricks, not like stuff with weights. Right. Just like, you know, like
3: stuff.
2: flips yeah. and, you know, thrusters in the back of a car while somebody's pulling it. You know, things like yeah,
3: that. Human yeah. tricks.
0: No,
2: it's it front, front squats. Front yeah, squats. I think overhead. Oh, okay. In All the
4: right. back of a moving pickup.
0: Oh, uh, did you did you put that on Instagram? Yeah. Oh, okay. Of course.
1: Yeah. What's the point of doing the thing? What's the point? I mean it doesn't exist if it wasn't on there.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's true.
2: <laughs> so I was looking at some of the things you have on your Facebook page and um you have some great little taglines. So let's talk about sitting is not the new smoking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, so, I don't know, like, you know, those headlines that you get all the time, uh, you know, like you, like you talked about and rightfully complained about is that they tend, people just don't read them. So they read the headline and then they don't read the article. They don't know what goes in it. So something will say, hey, there's a scientific proof of this and this, and then you read the article. There's not one scientific article or, or paper in it at all. Yeah. And it drives me up the wall. So, you know, that kind of spreads like wildfire. And then people get all worked up about stuff, uh, which is fine. You know, I think everyone should like if you're at a desk for too long, take a break and move. If you're standing still for too long, take a break and sit down. Uh, if you're walking around too long, uh, too much, uh, take a break and sit down. So whatever you're doing a lot of just do the opposite at yeah. some point during the day. Get some balance. Yeah, just get some balance. And it's pretty much that <laughs> simple, really. Um, I you know my brain tends to work better when I get to like walk around a little bit, versus just sitting there. Um, there may be some advantages to that, you know. Um, but all, all in all, it's just people are just like I mean, if you're gonna get worked up over something like that, but then not get worked up about getting drunk every weekend and uh, priorities are a little bit uh, skewed.
2: That's true.
0: So that's a uh,
2: that's a that's a truth bomb right there. Yeah.
0: So uh, don't yeah. Worry about, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, worry, yeah. worry about the things that matter and stop worrying about all these things that don't. So
2: Yeah, and I guess a lot of people, too, like to think about things that um, other people are doing rather than mm-hmm. the things that they can change about their own life to be better or, you know. Um, well, I heard people shouldn't sit, but like you said, maybe you should be just thinking about your own self and yeah, not go out and drink a... Every every night. Now, speaking of which, how's uh, how's that drinking going as part of your sleeping oh, experiment?
1: Right. So we did our sleep podcast last week, and now we're reporting back a little bit. Like we changed, decided we're going to change a few things, and then uh, report back how it went. So my sleep story was basically that I generally sleep pretty good, but I started waking up at like two in the morning to go to the bathroom. Mm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try to not drink liquids right because because normally I would have like a glass of water, like a pretty tall glass of like water or milk, and casein, like before bed. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try to stop doing that, switch to cottage cheese. Gains. Gains, for the gains. And uh, see how it goes. And I'm happy to report that since I've switched to cottage cheese, I have not been waking up to go to the bathroom. Wow. So, you know, this is like liquid in, liquid out. This Big was kind of like the calories in, calories out. Yeah, yeah. So if you take a li- lot of liquid in before you go to bed, it has to go somewhere at some point. <laughs> but I really wanted him to start drinking every night because he's sleeping great I now. I sleep pretty good. And yeah, I wanted just like it another so data unfair. point. They yeah. were going to try to do the opposite, like disrupt yeah. mine. Like, like we were like, you know, like watch a screen for a while right before bed and, you know, oh, drink yeah. a lot. Because I right now have pretty solid sleep routines. Like, you know, I don't do any screens. I'm, you know, I have a very specific routine i do and um and so i in general i sleep well and so they were like okay we gotta flip it where you you do all the bad stuff and see what happens but i couldn't i didn't couldn't subject myself to that
0: oh yeah yeah it's uh sleep is probably my um uh, and i uh wrote this in a group that i in that sleep is probably the best supplement that you can probably use uh, like a lot of people want to do all this fancy stuff but if you just sleep <laughs> Uh, that that'd go a long way. Like my numbers are always down when I don't get a lot of sleep. Yeah. Um, so
2: do you tend to sleep pretty well?
0: No.
1: Oh. <laughs> no. All right. All right. How many uh, hours of sleep do you typically get? And then is it is it full through, or is it like waking up a lot?
0: Well, it's it's. I kind of say it's my am I'm, I'm a night owl for sure. Uh, if I had the perfect sleep window, it would be between twelve a.m. to nine a.m. If I had my choice. Um, but I just can't make that happen. So I just have to go with what the rest of the world does. Yeah. But generally like, cause I don't get home until like ten thirty, eleven, and then I try to get up at five thirty. Huh. So like my sleep window is short just by circumstance. Yeah. So I can't really do much about that. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. So my view on sleep before I get into kind of like what I changed. So I used to always think that sleep was boring. So, uh, I would just rather just stay up and just do things rather than sleep. So, but anyway, um, I, what I try to do the most lately is, uh, I have a scheduler on my phone to cut the, uh, blue light out. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it goes, it like it goes on at like eight o'clock. So I started doing that within the last month. Mm-hmm. So even if I am looking at my screen or something like that, it's like not, you know, the blue light isn't getting through to me as much. Right. Uh, Try to make sure my room is cool. That's pretty easy. Uh, I've been doing a dark room for years, so that's pretty easy. Um, When none of that stuff works, I listen to music. Uh, But the hard part about music is that when I want to go to sleep, then I have to, like, kind of, like, wake myself up to take the headphones off. (laughs) Uh, So that can be kind of tricky. Other than that, um, just try to maximize the very short time that I have to sleep, which sometimes I just take pills yeah uh now with sleep pills it's kind of weird because certain things work depending on what you're deficient in so a lot of people take magnesium um if you're gonna take magnesium you have to take the most uh, bioavailable form of that um off the top of my head i can't remember which one that is i'm gonna have to get back to you on that one but you gotta make sure it's the most bioavailable form and don't take too much at once because otherwise you get diarrhea which is like 500 milligrams at like one point uh but anyway yeah so if you're deficient in magnesium magnesium will work and then once your levels get back to baseline it won't work anymore so it depends on what's causing you not to sleep so it can be a a bunch of different things so you might take different things depending on where your trouble areas are so if you have trouble falling asleep which is my issue once i'm asleep i'm fine but i have trouble falling asleep so uh, what I take right now is a combination of melatonin. I think it's like one, milli- one or two milligrams, uh, valerian root, lemon balm, and ashwagandha. And I think a little bit of GABA. Uh, so that's kind of my mix right now. And I only take it when I, I like either, either my sleep window is really short or I just don't have enough time to, uh, uh, to get the amount of sleep that I really, really want. you so, tried ZMA? Uh, I have, uh, Again, that works, I think, mostly because of the magnesium that's in it. Mm. So um, there's nothing especially anabolic about it, except for, I mean, it does help me sleep sometimes. So, yeah, I'm down for it. Like, if uh, you want to take that to help you sleep, yeah, go for it.
2: So here's a question for you. One of the things we were talking about on the sleep podcast. So I'm an introvert,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, a full day of coaching, especially going into the evening, it's very hard for me to come home and unwind like there's a whole like the turning the brain off is really difficult after a full day of coaching um How's that for you?
0: <laughs> um I don't typically coach a full day but i I totally understand where you're getting at um It's like you just have to be on so like I'm in mean, like uh you know speaking to introvert um uh, there's a bunch of different ways you can sort of look at this whether it's an introvert or whether it's just someone who uh internalizes uh their energy so uh i tend to be a little like really really active internally whereas some people are just more active externally um uh, so for me to be externally active that takes a lot of energy uh which is fine you know it's just a different you know there's nothing wrong with it uh but yeah it's uh I probably I, I probably get a little bit more tired than I would say someone who's naturally more geared towards uh, towards that extroversion side for sure. Extroversion side for sure. Yeah. So. Interesting.
1: What about naps? Do you use naps to supplement lack of sleep like on the weekends? Or, I can't nap. Oh, you can't. Nap. No. uh
0: I I might take like two naps a year. Wow <laughs> really <laughs> yeah, I like that's without coffee, so like I just started drinking coffee maybe like three years ago, okay, so even before coffee, like I have to be like absolutely just crushed, like I have to like go two or three days of like three or four hours of sleep before I like take a nap, wow uh so I can, I
1: can nap at almost any time
0: yeah i can i i i envy i envy <laughs> you sir i cannot take a nap uh so what like the like the biggest thing like that i try to do is just make sure that i get uh i wake up at the same time so that's really helped me out a lot yeah so even on the weekends even on the weekends which is the which is super tough and if i do sleep in i only push it back maybe about half an hour to an hour Kay. like if i normally wake up at 5 30 like i don't like on the weekend, I don't go, oh, I'm going to wake up at 10 o'clock because then it's just going to throw you off. Yeah. So actually, I think that having that set schedule, no matter what, actually helps me out because I'm able to be- have better quality of sleep yeah. by sticking to that same schedule. Yeah, so. that makes sense.
2: Well, let's talk about coffee.
0: Oh, yeah. One of my favorite subjects.
2: <laughs> How do you make your coffee?
0: Uh, so typically I buy uh, whole bean Uh, Not from Starbucks, so those who know me know I don't drink Starbucks unless I really, really have to.
2: So where do you get your coffee?
0: Uh, From a bunch of different places, Uh, usually small roasters, so uh, locally roasted places because they have really good stuff. Um, I typically like uh, South American coffees because they're typically sweet and chocolatey Uh, Central American coffees for the same reason. Uh, Ethiopian coffees are good. They typically have a tea-like profile, even citrusy sometimes. But in general, I would say some of my favorites come from Stone Creek in Milwaukee. Uh, I would say here, Modest Coffee in uh, West Chicago is is pretty good right now. Um, That's the only two that I can really think of. um, But I try to order from all over the place, really. Do you do the bulletproof thing or just go straight up? Oh, bulletproof. Don't get me started on that. let's get started on that. (laughs) uh and the, the whole bulletproof thing is is just funny because it's just adding extra calories to your coffee that you don't need but if it tastes good go ahead and do it just realize that it's just adding extra calories to so your coffee. what?
4: it's just like coffee and then they put mct oil in it or something like that yeah
0: mct oil or butter i've Grass heard people do butter. yeah uh to honest with you it's the it's the complete reverse of any sort of starbucks latte that you get so right it's just like no sugar in it it's the, like it's like the it's inverse of your fat. latte. It's just right. more fat versus yeah. versus it, m- mostly. Like I the mean, sugar we've done one.
1: the take coffee and then put grass fed butter, in, and it is delicious. Yeah, also if it tastes that, good, go for mm. it. Yeah, yeah. it's um, very rich. I mean, it's definitely like a much richer coffee taste. Um, sometimes it's a little much, but uh, I don't know. On the weekend, it's fun.
4: I had a pumpkin spice latte today.
3: Really?
1: Wow. Yeah. We're in this pumpkin spice season now. Yeah,
4: wife had the day off, so we decided to be basic bitches. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's, the, it's that time of year. I'm actually more of a, uh, I like apple cinnamon this time of year, pecan. Mm. Yeah. So that's kind of kind of my jam. Uh, but getting back to the coffee, I normally drink it black. If you drink a really, really good coffee, you can kind of taste the differences in like the uh, the profiles and stuff like that that's uh, on the bag. Yeah. What so about like, a light or dark roast? Uh, I like light to medium. They uh. tend to taste the best for me. Um, how do you prepare and brew? Uh, so I do a coffee flight. So, every time I brew it, I do it. It's like a beer flight. So, a coffee can taste different depending on how you brew it. Yeah. So, if you brew it in a uh, drip, it's going to taste different if you um, do French press. It's going to taste just a tad bit different if you do a pour over. Yeah. So, when I first get a coffee, I do all three. And then I decide which one I like the best. Mm. It's a little time consuming. But that's kind of how I figure out how I want to brew that particular bean. So
1: depending on the bean you have, you might brew it one of three or four different ways.
0: Correct. So Um, how
2: good of a friend does somebody have to be to be part of tasting these coffees?
0: uh i mean you have to like it's, i mean it's kind of a long process so you have to like be in the room with me <laughs> to, so they have to
2: while, be they have to yeah. be a pretty good friend then. <laughs> yeah
0: so you have to like be in a room with me while i like do these flights or whatever so um i like you know i've done coffee like uh i've done the tours and stuff like that i've like learned about it um i've actually added uh beer to coffees before so whoa I, wait a yeah, second yeah yeah it's uh it's 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 amazing oh,
2: have, have you done that <laughs> kevin
4: no not at one.
2: So tell me how that works. How does it?
0: Uh, so you get a good a good coffee bean. I think the last time I did it, I did it with the Kenya AA. Um, it was from Stone Creek, uh, and I put a eight percent. Um, what was it? Uh, it was the eight percent Belgian ale from uh, Unibrew Coffee, which is my favorite uh, brewery out of Canada. So they make Belgian ales, but it was like eight percent. So anyway, so you soak it for like twelve hours the coffee beans, in the beer for like 12 hours. And then you have to let it dry. So you can either air dry it or maybe you can put it in a dehydrator or an oven. So it's going to cook off most of the alcohol, most of it. So I didn't test to see how much alcohol was left. So then after that, you just grind like normal. And then um, just have a go at it. So you'll taste the beer, you'll smell it too, and then you'll have the coffee with it too. So That's crazy. That's yeah. blowing my mind. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fantastic.
2: So what do you do with the, the coffee? what do you do with the beer then you just get rid of it
0: yeah so you just pour out whatever uh because the, the beans will soak it up pretty good so because if the beans are too wet it won't actually grind all uh, right
2: right but you don't drink the beer is what i'm asking the beer no. that the, okay no all
0: right. i do drink beer though but uh not I that used beer to, yeah <laughs> so <laughs> I used to, yeah so so with beer i only drink like maybe like one or two a week or whatever if that so but yeah so i don't know like i just started drinking coffee a couple of years ago and it's just, you know, that's kind of my style. Like, I, when I get into something, I get, like, really deep into it, you know, which is why I don't do recreational drugs. <laughs> 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 Thank goodness. Woo! <laughs> <So, laughs> uh, I would probably have a lab right now or something.
1: He's <laughs> like, when I got into cocaine, I had to try all the different ways of doing it, and so I had to run a flight. And <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I would,
0: I, yes, if I got into cocaine, I, it would there would be a cocaine flight. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so we've gotten away from <clears throat> ways to be healthy and we're uh, we're we're jumping off the rails. We are off the rails. Um so I'm wondering if we want if we wanted to go on a bodybuilding adventure in our lives how do you tell me how that works into your week um in terms of workouts you said you do crossfit a few times and how long do your workouts take
1: or, what know, does that like look like? The one body part per day kind of thing or a split of some
0: kind? Uh, right now, um, research is suggesting that you should probably hit and it sort of depends if you're a beginner or intermediate or advanced. Right. A beginner can probably get away with uh one body part per week and be okay for a little while. Um but as you get um more advanced to intermediate, you're probably looking at hit most hitting most body parts two to three times a week which goes into that conventional wisdom that you might find. and uh, also depends on how many times a week you're going into the gym. So that might you know, have to mix it up a bit. So if you're going three times a week, those sessions might be a little bit longer, but your intensity might have to be a little bit longer because they become marathon sessions. Mm-hmm. But in general, that rule will slightly still apply to two or three days a week. So right now I'm on a five-day split. Yeah, I'm on a five-day split. So on the first day of the week, it's uh, chest, chest focus with a little bit of back. Then uh, the next day is quads with a little bit of hamstring. And then the day, uh, take a rest day. And then the next few days, uh, it's a little bit of a mostly upper body. So it's back with a little bit of chest. So as you can see there, there's always a little bit of something else in there. So it's just not just all back. So you have a main focus day and then you can um, top that off with like a lighter like a lighter day on the other end so if you have a heavy quad day at the beginning of the week you have a lighter quad day later in the week so that way you can still get some frequency and um, still get some training volume in uh, to get that going so in terms of like building muscle uh you're probably looking at the top things you're looking at mechanical tension how heavy the load is so that matters your training volume over the week and over the course of your mesocycle. So, mesocycle being, you know, your 4-week block or however long you want that to be, but typically 4 to 6 weeks for your block. Um, and then you are looking at training frequency. So, those are probably like the top 3. Some other uh, some other things matter like exercise selection cuz you don't want to do you don't want to do the best exercise for every muscle group cuz then you'll just be broken. Mm-hmm. So, right. you got to have some lighter days within those heavier days, too. Right. Now in terms of CrossFit, that kind of depends on where I am. So typically my, um, my frequency goes up as, um, as time goes on. So as my week goes on, my workouts get harder and they get longer. So let's say I start off with two sets. It might go to three to four to five. And then I get further and further closer to failure. So it will be like three to four reps from failure, three reps from failure, two reps from failure, and then one rep from failure. So you don't want to go to failure every single time. Right, because you'll just you know you die, not <laughs> not literally, but it just makes it really really hard to recover. Yeah, uh, in that case, so general rule of thumb there. But uh, yeah, You're so talking about
4: going to failure each set.
0: Yeah, I'm talking about going to failure each set. So do you let's. Always,
4: do you always go to failure on your last set on any given day?
0: So I don't go to failure until that last week before I deload. Okay. So and so I try to keep my uh, my tonnage pretty high. Um, so I try to have that pretty equal. So if I'm doing sets of 10, let's say 135, like back squat, right? So I don't blast out 20 reps the first set, and then I can only do five, mm. sets number th- you know, three, right. four. So I try to keep that two and three reps rep left in the tank for every set until, of course, the last week, and then I'll wait for the last set to do that. Or, you know, you could do drop sets and stuff like that too. So, So in general, I try to leave a little bit left in the tank and more often than that so
1: what about uh throwing in more of a cardio skew so we have people that are ramping up for marathons and and that kind of thing and then you know do you have you dealt with that before or do you have a plan of how you would like back off of crossfit or what how would you change the what you're doing to sort of have more of a cardio focus
0: um depends on what your goals are uh if your goal is muscle growth uh I would say that you know, depending on where you are, like if you're competing, certain things matter more so than others. But sure. if just let's just say general health here, yeah. right? Uh, general health, you know, you lift, you can, you know, you can do some cardio afterwards. Probably not going to be a, a, a big of a deal because you're not competing for anything. So just getting some work in is probably fine. The general recommendation is to try to have it after, like a, a on a different day. Right. But it's it's fine either way. Uh, it kind of depends on what your circumstances are. If you're trying to run a marathon, then your training should probably be focused on marathon running, and kind of have strength training as a um, as an aside. Pretty so secondary thing, yeah, it's a secondary thing, maybe like one or two times a week, yeah. if you're trying to do marathon training. Uh, and and even in that case, you know, as you especially as you ramping up, you probably want more strength training. So keeping your volume a little bit lower, and then your reps within like, you know, threes, twos, fours because you're already logging a bunch of miles on your legs too, right? Right. So there's no reason for you to go in and do like a 20-rep back squat and you're like, you know, you're out there, you know, running however many miles a week. Right. So.
1: That's kind of what you talk about, Mo, too, when you're like doing more running, you kind of back off your squats somewhat.
2: Yeah, I time them differently in the week so that I have more recovery between anything that's going to blast my legs and long runs. And uh, definitely more uh strength focused versus volume. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's it, everybody's different depending on what your goals are. So, that's the way I I would probably look at it. There's no one set rule. I wish there was one, but uh as it they say uh, yeah, yeah, it almost I would say 90% of what you ask me is going to be like it, it depends. <laughs> there's <laughs> so, no magic answer. Yeah. No, there's no magic answer. I wish there was, but it is not.
2: Do you find people come up to you and ask you things um Obviously everybody, not everybody, many people want a magic answer about things. But I also find that people come up to me and they'll tell me something in a confessional manner, like, oh, I just, I ate like crap this week. And they, they're they telling me in a sense, like "I—I," I, they're telling me to absolve them or something. from. from do
1: uh, you?
4: Do you <laughs> too? I do, I play along, I absolve them. Do you? Yeah. I just listen. Sprinkle some Kill Cliff on them and then.
2: I just listen, but I think, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Bless your what? workout with Kill Cliff. Yeah. Yeah. Like go home and give we, me. You three know what we need, guys. We Mares. need
1: to have the uh, what's the like the CrossFit confessional box. What is it? They have in the Catholic Church, where the you know there's like the place where you yeah. go in for your your confession, where people can.
2: Now we're getting sacrilegious.
0: Is
1: wow. It sacrilegious. Yes. Okay.
0: You just you just to a you just through a pile <laughs> of uh, of uh, plyo boxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. See so you now we're. The so holes in the yeah, yeah. So you just talked to a whole lot of plyo boxes. Like a CrossFit yeah. way of doing that.
2: I like it. We've come up with something new.
0: Um, can you just, uh, I guess, elaborate on what you mean by absolve them exactly?
2: They feel bad about how they've eaten, and mm-hmm. so they want to um, They want to tell me about it maybe. Or this is my take on it. I don't know why they're telling me, but my take is that they're telling me because they want to feel better by telling me about it, or they w- maybe they want me to tell them something magic that makes it easier. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but that's my take on it.
1: Yeah. Do that happen to you with your... Athletes you're coaching where they come up in?
0: Oh, good question. Um, First of all, I always like to have an educational session when I meet with anybody, right? So I really try to, like, in a way, like you said, absolve them. But, like, if they know, like, how calories matter and, like, calories in, calories out, very basic stuff, then they won't be as guilty about if they're off plan, right? So I don't use words like cheat meals and stuff like that. Um uh, I try not to have this all or none sort of, hey, you can't have this food. This food is bad. Uh, you just can't do it. Um, it just doesn't work for most people. Uh, most people, when they do have it, they just go on these like crazy binges or they just feel really guilty about it. So I try not to have that in their mind. But what I try to do, uh, I don't know if this is saying, instead of eliminate, I try to mitigate. So I just try to cut that stuff short a little bit right Right. so you just slowly sort of uh get people out of certain habits or whatever right so change the food environment maybe not have as much stuff of that stuff around replace it with something else uh instead of having you know if you're a person who likes beer instead of just having them have no beer set a limit for it if you're drinking six beers let's try two but again knowing that calories matter tell them hey uh, when you drink this beer, that means that you have to cut your carbs for that particular meal. Just cut it in half. That's about to, you know. Balance it out. Just to balance it out. And that way you're not doing so much damage to the point where if you just, oh, I'm just going to eat carbs and I'm going to drink the beer. Then, you know, we headed down a different sort of path there. Yeah. I like that. So uh, a lot of it is just emotional behavior type stuff, which is really, really, really hard for people to do, especially... Uh, If they are connected to a certain food or, you know, people eat emotionally or whatever, which we all do. There's nothing new about that at all. So,
2: yeah, there's a lot of baggage with food and weight. There's a lot of baggage that comes with it for people.
0: Yep. I I totally agree, Um, which is why, again, the education portion is like, oh, this is how weight loss works. This is how fat loss works. This is about how much you should expect to lose on average a week. And then sometimes for some people, I don't even have them look at their way. I don't even have them weigh in. You know, uh, it can be something as simple as someone they haven't seen in a while. Oh, hey, look, your face looks smaller or that kind of thing. Or my my clothes is fitting looser. Uh, my waist is smaller. You know, little stuff like that. So it kind of depends on the person. Yeah. So some people are very logical. They're very analytical. Then hey, you know, you can have your macros and stuff like that. That's gonna work for you. Some people, that destroys them. So you just gotta know what to give people. So um I can go sort of either way. Yeah. But uh yeah, some people you just can't just you can't do a one size fits all, it just doesn't work.
1: How do you look at something like intermittent fasting? Do you see that as a way of like controlling calories in, calories out, or is there more
0: magic to it than that? Um, there's a slight advantage in terms of like helping you be, I think, uh, from what I understand, um, helping you be, control your insulin levels a little bit faster Mm -hmm. than let's say a, um, just a strict, straight caloric deficit. Uh, but you'll get there at a caloric deficit just by being at a caloric deficit. Yeah. But you can sort of turn on that switch just a little bit faster. But that's kind of that's kind of it right it can, can kind of make you more sensitive um to to that to the insulin or whatever just a little bit faster when you take a, a break so I even like especially like if I have like a really big caloric dense meal if I go to like Koopman's corner <laughs> has anybody been to Koopman's corner
2: I've never where's that
0: it's in. Uh, they have one in Schaumburg. which is like ten minutes from my house which is bad it <laughs> should only be in a city but they have like these big like 12 ounce burgers and like the mac and cheese is as big as like two heads and oh uh yeah it's uh if you have not been there uh you should go to kuma's corner but if i ever go there um if i ever go there then i typically i'll like i'll fast because i'll be so full for so long um Mm -hmm. that it'll help me out with that (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, we have, uh, at CrossFit Tri-Cities, like, um, I have a bunch of different options to kind of cut your calories, right? And it's all based on lifestyle. Uh, Let's say I have something called straight sets. So, straight sets is just cutting the calories or portions because you either do macros or portions uh, using your hands or whatever. Yeah. That's another way to do it. Um, I just cut it the same way every day of the week, no matter if you're working out or not. Those are people, that, they, you know, their schedules are set out. It's not too hard for them to understand. Like, it's just easy. It's the way that most people eat anyway. And then that way, when you have to take away some, like a portion, mm-hmm. hey, don't eat carbs uh, for meal number two because they're eating the same thing for the most part. Right. Now, and then I also have what you call carb or calorie cycling, which has, you know, been known to help as well. In terms of like fat loss, you know, taking advantage of the insulin sensitivity, uh, taking advantage of uh, hunger hormones and stuff like that.
1: But then when it gets more complicated to do right, because you have like higher carb days and lower carb days. and Yeah. Correct.
0: Or if you're a, uh, if you're a, again, if you, depends on the person, if you're low carb, then you might just uh, gear your, the carbs that you are allotted towards your workout. Okay. So then that way you can kind of take, uh, take advantage of that. Yeah. Because carbs are still pretty cool. So um, I have that version of that. And then I have what they call it, the five, what I call it a five two. So a lot of people end up eating too much on the weekends. So to take care of those people, you just have them eat less during the week and then give them just a little bit more during the weekend. So then that way they don't do as much damage. Yeah. And then the last one is uh, the intermittent fasting, um, where you just have a window. A lot of people do the 16 eight. You fast for 16 hours, and then you eat eat for an eight-hour window. It's pretty simple for people to understand. uh, Hey, I have these eight hours to eat, okay? It's really, really, really hard to stuff yourself full of – it's like a Thanksgiving meal times three pretty much every day, if you think about it that uh, that way. It's really hard to to stick in four cups worth of vegetables – you know, two palm sizes worth of chicken or whatever you decide to eat or beans if you're vegetarian or, or vegan or even like a pro, uh, a pea, soy, protein shake. Uh, it's really hard to like stuff yourself for that short of a window. And that can really, really kind of help people stay on track. If you're really busy, you don't know like when you're going to get your break if you're a nurse or if you travel a lot, you're a salesperson, you're in your car all the time. Intermittent fasting is probably like a, a pretty... Decent way to go. Fit, yeah, yeah good fit for you. So, again, based on lifestyle. So.
1: so it's all about getting that right caloric balance and then figuring out the plan that someone can stick with based on their lifestyle.
0: 100%. Yeah. So uh, whatever works for you is kind of the way that I like to go for it. So
1: So everyone's looking
4: for the magic piece. Is the magic piece consistency?
0: Yes. Uh, if, I, if, I, if I had to put one magic pill word out there, it's consistency. Uh, Don't confuse that with being perfect. There's a slight difference there. So consistency means basically most of the time you're there. uh, But if you're off a little bit, you don't get too crazy about it. Um, That's pretty much, I think that's kind of the way that I view it. Some people might view it differently. So if you're trying to be perfect, if you're off, let's say you have an off meal plan, then you just kind of just go off the rails completely that's trying to be perfect you don't want to be there consistency is probably like yeah like you said if i had to put one word in terms of magic pill that would be it
2: i like it i'm wondering if we should wrap it up with a little discussion about metal
0: oh the musical genre not yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh not yes the poisonous metal stuff yes
2: iron sense.
1: you're getting like in the music you listen to while working out or just
2: yes well from what I hear Emmett is a fan of metal and we have some other metal heads here right am I correct
0: yes I'm a music fan in general I actually started collecting music when I was like 18 so I spent my first paycheck this was when CDs were still big <laughs> <laughs> so I would go to Best Buy buy, uh, buy a bunch of CDs and this is when I was listening to rap mostly so at the time I wasn't listening to metal uh so yeah so uh you know i would get my walkman my cd player uh you know get you know get those old headphones and stuff like that so and then i moved up to ipods and all this other fancy stuff and i've been collecting music for a long time so i think i have about almost eleven thousand songs wow on my uh on my music player so that's from all different sorts of genres so i don't really stick to one genre it sort of just depends on how i feel but in terms of metal, uh, the only reason why I started listening to it because a guy in college kept wearing metal shirts, okay. and I was like, "Oh, let me check out this band." And then I was like, "Oh, this sounds cool. This sounds cool." And then I just like just kept just clicking on stuff.
4: Was it Meshuggah right away, or did you?
0: It was not. I think the first band that I checked out. What shirt was what shirt was he wearing? Um, it wasn't. Oh, uh, I am killing myself for not remembering this. No it starts with an s I probably remember slipknot? I, I, it was not it not was not a slipknot. popular band at all oh, okay. It's like nobody nobody uh, it's not a band that not many people know about actually uh but I will remember it soon uh but yeah, then I started just getting into different types of stuff and uh next thing you know I started watch, watching metal documentaries and stuff like that, trying to find out where it comes from
2: I, I'm getting to know you better and you getting into metal by watching metal documentaries just seems to really fit (laughs) (laughs) that really fits i like it
0: yeah so uh yeah i like um i like all different types of metal so i usually like the complicated heady stuff uh like you said like my sugar and they come from sweden so they play eight string guitars yeah eight string guitar just sounds amazing so yeah yeah, it's like a very thong thong (laughs) very like thick it's genty. yeah for sure
2: I like that. So my son is into all types of music. I think he kind of started in the metal arena, and he's moved over into punk. And um, he went to Riot Fest this year. He oh, He's cool. big into the uh, the mosh pits. He likes to dance for, like, whatever, 10 hours or however long the musical fest goes on. So the interesting thing was he's been listening to a little more folk and Americana on the oh, side. That's awesome. That's he awesome. Yeah, some Bob Dylan. Yeah. Um, Jerry Lee Lewis was at Riot Fest this year. Yeah. And my son and a bunch of these, you know, eighteen-year-old punk kids, moshed for you know <laughs> the entire set. So like great while Jerry, balls of fire! Great it balls of awesome. fire! Goodness gracious! That's great balls of fire! They were all moshing for this, you know, almost ninety-year-old you, you singer. Moshed
0: anything, cool. I guess.
1: Yeah, you
2: could.
0: Yeah, as long as it has a, a uh, up-tempo sort of beat. Although I've never really moshed before. Uh, it's just not really my thing. It's not your thing. It's yeah. not my thing. Like, I, I kind of wish that metal concerts could be like jazz concerts. Very, <laughs> mm-hmm. very snooty. Like you know, yeah. You know, I just need the guy to stand out there and just play some really good music. And then everybody else just sort of just like sits there and does nothing.
2: And instead <laughs> of everybody getting drunk and like spilling beer everywhere, it's like they bring you your special coffee beer. Mm.
1: There you go. Yes,
0: that would be preferred. Beers. Yes, as I sit and listen to some guy screaming at me from a stage, just, you know, just chill out. So, I like it.
1: Nice. But so one thing we haven't talked about yet is supplements. What do you how do you feel about them and in terms of is that something should people be taking supplements? Is it something that's not important in the grand scheme of things?
0: Uh, typically not important within the grand scheme of things. Um, I would say the only two that I would say is the like essential even like the recreational person is whey protein or some type of protein uh, of some sort because it it allows you to excuse me hit your protein numbers a lot easier right it's just an easy way to do that so i'm all for that in creatine so creatine is they they're looking at it now as a lot of health benefits too not just for exercise so you can technically get it from meat uh, some like red meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but typically like you don't need to do like a loading phase. I know that's a thing out there. Um, if you just do uh, five, three to five grams a day, you know, the days that you exercise, you should be good to go over the long haul. Uh, as far as I know, there's no period in which you have to stop. Okay. Um, unless you just have some type of issues with like you got extra creatine. There's a few people I know of that if they take extra creatine then they run into trouble. Okay. You blowed up. No, just like health stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um.
2: What kind of health issues are there with.
0: Uh, you know what? I haven't ran into it often enough to really. For I would say most people to be concerned, but I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they just, they were, they just produced too much creatine. Do so you think they weren't drinking enough water?
4: Because you really got to. If you're dehydrated and taking creatine, that's a bad mix.
0: Uh, yeah, for sure. So, uh, in terms of water, I think I literally just start off with half my body weight in ounces. Mm so it's just, just a good measure. Uh and then if it's really hot outside you can uh you can add more to that. But like I'm not I'm like I'm not going around like measuring my water necessarily. You know. It's it's just like I don't want to keep adding to the list of things that I have to monitor. And you shouldn't do that for your clients either. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just yeah. like that, that list can get so freaking long. It's yeah. like next thing you know, it's like, oh, I gotta track my sleep. Oh, I gotta check how much water I'm take taking. Oh, I gotta track this, I gotta track that. Then next thing you know, I'm like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing.
2: And I don't know what to eat because this is going to kill me and that's going to save me. ah.
0: Uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Another thing with creatine is that the monohydrate stuff. Uh, You probably want to get, I think it's Crea Pure type. Monohydrate is perfect. Like any of these other fancy designer creatines are probably just BS. You're just paying extra money for it. You're just paying extra money for it. So those two are like my top. Uh, BCAAs specifically are like you can get it from your protein powder. So that's enough if you get enough protein in general. You get enough BCAs in, so you technically don't need any extra of that.
2: So I think you and I had a conversation once via Facebook about um, the way that I use BCAs, which may be one of of the ways that they can be useful. I take a um, Goo Chomp, like a a, a carbohydrate supplement while I'm running that has BCAs in it when it's like a long run because it's hard to... uh, take in protein on a long run, but you get some of those BCAs.
0: Yeah. Um, It's like certain special instances, like if you're not getting enough protein or you just don't have access to protein, maybe you can take some of that. And also EAAs is pretty good too. So a lot of people are kind of switching over to that. Um, So, yeah, so that's fine. Like if you work out super, super early in the morning, you just can't have anything. If it allows you to maybe drink more water than you would actually drink then you would drink otherwise, then maybe it's okay, but it's just nothing as special as the way that a lot of people are right. making it sound. Uh, I will put that glutamine also. Yeah. Probably not as special as people make it sound either. Uh, f- this is maybe controversial, but uh, fish oil. <laughs> um, most people can probably save their money with fish oil. Um, I think it helps with certain populations if you've got like arthritis or rheumatoid arthritis or something like that but the whole general inflammation thing you probably want to take a second look at it's probably not as helpful as we thought it thought it was actually so
1: so i can stop taking the fish oil uh
0: you'll probably you'll probably be fine without it Uh, um if you're a normal human being you'll probably be okay all right um well, I don't I wouldn't about. go so far as saying you're normal yeah, that's i true, mean exactly normal. yeah that's... normal, <laughs> healthy human being I would say, uh, what else is on the list um vitamin D oh yeah vitamin D. uh vitamin D is good um uh, now, the whole thing with vitamin D is kind of weird because some people just start taking like thousands and thousands of of i u s right I would probably get checked to see where your levels are first before you just go just drown yourself in vitamin D um but if you like if there was some place to start. Just start with like one to two thousand IU's, and you should be pretty much good to go. I feel like
4: most of them are two thousand, you probably won't get into trouble with that.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Make sure you take it with fat, yeah, to help with the absorption. Take it with as your well. fish oil. Yeah, you <laughs> can take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can take it with your fish oil. I used to take it with the fish oil too, uh, but yeah, uh, some of them actually come with like like uh, olive oil built in. But if you just mm. take it with fat, that would help with with the bioavailability of the fish oil. So I mean, sorry, the bioavailability of your vitamin D three which is technically not a vitamin i think it's like a, they don't really consider it a vitamin anymore so because what it does for your hormones
2: well what about pre-workout
0: uh pre-workout is you may or may not need it um i would say that it depends on what is in it and what your goals are so if you're doing crossfit i don't like a lot of caffeine because your heart rate is just getting jacked so i would probably go for a stimulant free one there's a couple of companies out there that do a stimulant-free, like uh, Transparent Labs. They have a stim-free. NutriBio has a stim-free one. Those the two off the top of my head has a stim-free one. And if you work out late at night, if you have trouble with caffeine, I would not take a stimulant workout if you work out in the afternoon. Um, that's number one. Uh, make sure that the doses are correct. So they have what you call clinical doses. So, for instance, if you see a uh, proprietary blend of, let's say, 2,000 milligrams, of, and they list like six different things, that's probably not giving you enough of what you need, right? So, uh, citrulline, for instance. Citrulline, uh, in the studies, is like six to eight grams. And then if you see a blend with citrulline in it, and it's only like one gram, then you're not getting your money's worth out of your pre-workout. So And then there's some supplements that you have to take throughout the day, like beta-alanine, really good for CrossFit-type stuff. Um, so I'm all for that. So they only typically put one, one-and-a-half grams to keep you from getting the um, the tingling feeling that that's you get. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. That's the itchy face one, right? Yeah. So that's where you get the itchy face. So you can take that throughout the day. So that's probably one where if you're just taking on a pre-workout, the beta-alanine, then you're probably not getting the full spectrum of use if you just take it at your pre workout, you have to take at least I think like three to four grams mm-hmm. throughout the day. So if you're gonna take that, just make sure you have some extra. Yeah. So sense. you know what's a great pre workout? Coffee. sugar. Oh
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> coffee and sugar.
0: Yes, yeah. caffeine is also a good uh good for focus and all of that other stuff too. So um yeah, it's kinda like the basis is the mostly if it's cheap, it probably works. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's, true. that's yeah. So 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 that's pretty much it with that. So
2: that's awesome.
1: Awesome.
0: All right, that's all I got. All
1: right, we'll wrap this thing up. Well, Emmett, thanks for joining us.
0: All right, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it was fun. This is my first podcast, so oh. ho- so hopefully this kind of opens up the door for me to do a couple more. Yeah, Wait, hopefully well, the I first mean, of once many
1: people start hearing you on the Thunderbolt Strength podcast. You know, it spreads to the Joe Rogan podcast, and we got some big listeners. Yeah, so street, you know. Right. It yeah. is a straight line. So. There's
0: a big thing right now, Joe Rogan, if you guys haven't been paying attention to uh, to the show, there's some battles going on right now between like a, there's a paleo versus vegan um, sort of uh, conversation going on. I nice. think it happened today. And then there's like a, uh, this evidence-based sort of balanced diet versus like keto. Oh, uh-huh. wow. uh, so that's going on right now. Uh, so that's like worth checking out
2: kudos to him for bringing in some controversy yeah.
0: yes it's like uh just having these two uh opposing views sort of go at it. i think it's pretty cool
1: yeah, yeah it's kind of neat to get people from both sides and have them battle it out have we, did, get, we need get to have get a, high and battle it out you get high and battle yeah. it we need to we need to have one <laughs> of those do. podcasts you got elon musk to i weed. i
2: remember i remember yeah <laughs> pretty
1: cool yeah, yeah that, I, did, I, I didn't podcast. watch that one so that was a good one. yeah i haven't seen it yet either i want to check it out that's good not the weed part just elon musk he's like an yeah. alien yeah. Maybe we need to add one of those battle podcasts where we get people yeah. fight it out. We Point. should get Elon Musk on here. Yeah, we should get him next. And then yes. get Molly Definitely. to smoke weed. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's totally
2: going to happen.
0: <laughs> we can just all just talk at the same time and yes. rabble, rabble, yeah, yeah, rabble, yeah, yeah, rabble, rabble. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it, where's the best place to find more about you or online or wherever else if, if people are interested in looking you up?
0: Um, on Instagram, uh, the tag is uh, DEI Coach. DEI Coach. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you can find me there. Um, I've been trying to improve my story game and my video game um, uh, lately. So I just posting more like workout videos and that, that kind of thing. And then on Facebook, you can find me at Emmet DEI, which stands for Destroy, Erase, Improve, which is an album title. Um, and then Richards. So I have a, right now. I have a picture of a dog with round glasses on there. So <laughs> you can uh, the Shiba Inu it's my profile picture with round glasses on it
2: (laughs) so they'll know they found you yeah yeah
0: yeah, for sure so uh on there um i you know i'm always just you know doing my daily updates and stuff like that so whether it's fitness or just jokes so nice lots of dead jokes on facebook
2: (laughs) you got to keep it light
0: yeah Yeah.
1: all right well this has been another episode of the thunderbolt Strength podcast until next time Stay strong. Stay strong.